this a whole day watch another bad movie record another podcast i mean i wouldn't be podcast making machines um yeah we could have like a whole month's worth knocked out in a day boom i mean it's not the worst idea with how busy (laughs) we are um but yeah welcome back well not really welcome back i mean for us because we're oh yeah this welcome is back number they two for us to another episode a previous episode that's true but at least a week has gone by between the last back. episode and now we've just experienced a week and an hour and a half something like we went through a temporal anomaly <laughs> <laughs> gotta listen to our last podcast to catch that reference oh yeah you do Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films, and hopefully we give them the credit that they deserve. I'm Nigel from AJourneyIntoFilm.com once again, and with me is my fabulous wife, Caitlin. Hey! Whose eyes have started to glaze over a little oh, bit. No. This may have been a bad idea. <laughs> this week, we are wrapping up our horror comedy series in a way. With the uh, 1983 film Frightmare, directed by Norman Thaddeus Vane. Caitlin, this was not a funny movie. No. And I don't think I'm ever going to trust IMDb ever again for their genre recommendations of movies. What a surprise. I was so excited that I had found an additional horror comedy for us after our special fell apart and i was excited that we already owned it and then we watched it and it was not funny no i saw i read somewhere that maybe it was a spoof on horror movies or like a little bit of a satire but that was so lost on me if it was it wasn't funny correct now um i liked this movie crickets that's <laughs> you did not <laughs> it was okay that's no, it? Th- okay i like parts of the movie i felt like it moved really slow it did feel a little slow at time so at time i i think it was just too slow for me but i mean i liked the premise i liked the main um the main actor the uh the old man <laughs> yes ferdy main yes yeah i liked him he was fun um yeah so i liked him um well this movie was uh interesting cuz uh it has two connections to ghoulies movie that we talked about 2 weeks ago mhm do you know what they are no uh first of all the main college student saint which by the way is a horrible name yes i don't know if they were trying to say something with that was that a popular name at some point i don't know horrible name (laughs) i mean when the girl even screamed his name it was did it sounded strange yes played by luca berkovitsi the director of ghoulies yes oh okay and um Scott Thompson, who played Bobo, he was the uh, stoner in Ghoulies. Well, look at that. Yeah. I also have a lot more questions about this movie after finishing it than I had than were answered. Well, what are your questions about, necessarily? Um, well, I guess they answered where the mansion was. That 
took a while to figure out. But, like, did he have plans to come back from the grave? I mean, maybe he did. Like, would he have come back if that psychic lady didn't, say, like, try to summon him? Why was his crypt rigged up to, like, kill people? I think he did that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm he, sure he like, did. set that up. But, like, who signed off on that? Like, who... If you're that wealthy, you don't need anyone to sign off. I guess. I mean, who are they going to arrest? Well, I guess maybe the person who made the building? Like, hey, you made this death trap. You're going to jail? Mm-hmm. Um... Why was there a female voice whenever he was going after people? Why? Yeah, I Okay, that is a valid question. I Why don't was know. there Why was his hair sometimes white and why was it sometimes black? <laughs> also, good. Um Why didn't Meg just leave sooner? Is there actually a horror film society out there somewhere with a whole mansion to themselves? Yeah join a horror film society that gets a whole mansion yeah that would be freaking sweet right uh did you notice though that the mansion that was the horror film society was the same mansion that he pushed that guy off of the balcony at the beginning yeah they only had one filming location it wouldn't surprise me (laughs) um why was there a secret room in the basement and why did why did Saint put Meg in there? Right. I feel like that is a very concerning question. Yeah. And like, it, clearly she didn't know about it because she didn't check it before when she went into the basement. Right. Um, and also, why did he say things like, I get when he said, take 19 whenever he pushed that guy off the building because that was kind of a clever like one liner. But then why did he say take 20 when he killed that other director guy who had nothing to do with his commercial? He's, he was counting the number of people he was killing. But then he didn't do it anymore. Well, he stopped. You know, after 20, it's fine. So Round number. You can it, it, Really, if you've killed 20 people, do you need to keep counting them? But like he shot 18 takes of his commercial and then killed two people. It's not like he killed 20 people. <laughs> well, he might have. You don't know. I mean, maybe he, like... Well, I was going to say maybe he, like, killed it on the takes, but that would have meant uh, that he did a good uh, job. Right. But, you know. I also had a completely different understanding of where this movie was going to go. Yes. Where did you think it was going to go? Well, considering I, ro- I read the... Wrong movie description. Very different. Very, very. I was very. I was like, when is this guy going to go away? We're going to focus on the lady. Like, I was just very confused. Yeah, there is a uh, 1974 film called Frightmare. This Frightmare was originally called The Horror Star. Um. So they probably should have left it like that because yeah, I don't know. Confuse me. At what point in time was it changed to Frightmare? That would be a question that I have that I was not able to find an answer for. You know what's kind of sad though? Like I really like the artwork for this movie. I think it's very like fun, and if I were to see this sitting on a movie shelf at like a video store, I'd be like, oh. I want to get this movie. It looks kind of campy and fun. I, uh, hold on a second. I think you'll like the, you don't like this cover for the horror star? Um, that one's good too. I think, I, I think this one looks more funny. Like, I think it. It looks like a, a adventure of sorts. Yeah, where like this one, one kind of looks scary. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, it has good artwork, nonetheless. Either way. Yeah, this is a uh, this is another another one that they used. That it's makes no sense. It's got the skull with the knife through it. Well, I mean, because like you know, he's holding the skull up and he's coming back from the dead. 
Yeah, but. Well, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. So they, okay, here's another question for you. Mm-hmm. So supposedly they originally wanted Christopher Lee to play Conrad Radzoff. Okay. Um, do you think, how different do you think this movie would have been if they had gotten Christopher Lee? I don't think it would have been very different. Really? I feel like uh, Freddie Maine. Birdie Maine. Birdie Maine. He played this, I think, similar to how Christopher Lee would. Yeah, I could agree with that. I think um, they did a good job. And I mean, they even used some uh, some old clips of Christopher Lee for uh, Conrad's old films, which I thought was uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, Freddie Maine did a good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who did a great job? Who? Crap. His name literally just fell out of my head. Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs always does a great job. Yeah, I feel like he really stole the show, even though he wasn't, like, even top two main characters. I mean, he lasted. Yeah. He was like he lasted to t- the bottom three. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one more fun fact for you: the cremation at the end was a real cremation. Really? Yeah. Why did they feel like they needed to do a real cremation? I think it, that was just the cheapest way for them to film that. Oh, okay, okay. Like, hey, sense. whenever you throw this box in there, can we <laughs> can film, I it film it and use it? Will the family sign off on this? Do you think they got royalties? Mm, probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah, so tell me what you liked and disliked about this movie, Caitlin. Well, I, I enjoyed Rudy Maine very much. I liked his character. I thought he was himself kind of funny. He was very, um, I thought he was a good actor Mm -hmm. in the movie. I liked his storyline of just like, just killing people who makes him mad or who say mean things about him. Who disrespected him. him. Yeah. He's just like dead. Boom. Uh, I don't really know why he killed all of the people in the film society though. That they was lost on me. Yeah. So I didn't get that part of the movie. So I guess the parts that I didn't like about the movie was just that there was lots of things that like I didn't really understand. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a valid. Uh, I just had a lot of questions, but I I thought it was a good like story idea. This guy comes. This guy. Well, I love how he almost dies. Um, See, I didn't like that. You didn't like that? No. How he almost died and then he, he like, suffocated that uh, uh, wolf gang? Yeah, I didn't care for that. I uh, thought it was, I, I thought dead should be dead. And then, but then, like, but then he, I like, came back and, well. like, killed that person. And, uh... I I thought oh well maybe he's just like not gonna die but then he did die but then I thought whenever he started playing the tapes at his funeral I was like oh okay this is gonna be a good old fashioned is he actually killing people from beyond the grave or did he have this like elaborate ruse set up yeah to get back at those but then he actually came back from the grave thanks to psychic lady and um, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. I don't know. I liked how he killed Wolfgang because I kind of feel like it set up what we were going to be watching. I thought, well, before before we start, he started like killing people from beyond the grave. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. He's going to get like revenge on all these people who hated him. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. I mean, like, he seemed justifiably hateable. Yes. In life. He seemed a little full of himself. He did. He did. Which is uh, cool. A little bit of Sunset Boulevard up in there. Yes. Um, or Hollywood Horror House, if you know that reference. 
but then it like shifted and I guess like he still killed people who disrespected him, but I don't know why Meg was allowed to live because she stabbed him. Like, well, is it like a one and done? Like if you defeat me in hand to hand combat, <laughs> like I, <laughs> but what did the film society people do to him? Really? They stole his body. Okay. It you don't disrespect like, somebody's no, grave like that. No, it seems like he wanted his body to be stolen, though. Did uh, I don't know if he wanted it to be stolen or if he... Did he think that it was going to happen? Was he so full of himself that, and that's why he had all those traps in his well, mausoleum? I guess maybe, but... And shouldn't he be, like, flattered, though, that they were so obsessed with him? That's what he seemed to want everyone to feel about him was an obsession and an admiration. Right. And I guess, I guess if you steal his body, that's kind, well, I mean, you're not going to steal a body of somebody you don't like. I mean, well, I I mean, maybe like if you needed the, I mean, if this is like a Frankenstein situation, like if you wanted the parts. Yeah. Frankenhooker. But if you really liked the person, you'd think that you would leave their body alone because they were dead. But he, like, wanted to be brought back from the... He wanted to live on in death. But that was the point of the tapes. So why would he be mad that they took his body? Right. But would he even be aware that he took his body? I have more questions now. I know. I know. That's, That's what I... So the whole middle chunk of the movie, not a fan. Beginning and end, liked it. I feel like the beginning and end were part of two different movies, though. Yes. They should have made that movie. Which movie? The Oh, you think the beginning and end? No, no, no. I'm just talking about the end where he kills um, the lady with the wad of cash. Oh, okay. See, I feel like that belongs with the beginning that's part of the I'm movie. Yeah yeah, 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 where he's killing people close to him yes, that's what I, yeah. for revenge. Yeah. Like he, they should have made that movie. Yeah. But then there's like a whole separate movie about him killing a bunch of kids who weekend at Bernie'd his body. Right. Like the whole middle part of the movie, which I didn't like. Yeah. I also didn't care for all of the smoke that filled the room whenever he killed people. Right. And the voices that kind of accompanied him, uh, they were kind of annoying. Yes, and not scary. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Well, they should remake the movie. The way that we tell them. Yes. Because I actually do think that would be an interesting, like he comes back, he gets revenge on those that he feels has wronged him. Yeah, I feel like there is... An interesting movie in here somewhere. But I feel like it got a little messy. Yes. Which is disappointing. So, how do we wrap up our horror comedy series by talking about this movie? Like, do you think that there was an attempt at some kind of satire in this? Because... There's, like, the idea that they were so obsessed with this horror icon that they were willing to steal his body just to, like, party with him. And, like, do we look up to horror stars too much? Our fans, which, I mean, obviously comes from the term fanatic, like, like, is there... Did they just take that to the extreme in this movie? And then they're like, well, shame on you. You're getting killed now. Like, was that what they were trying to do with it? I don't know. Maybe. I I was more, which I I don't really say this is a spoof, but, and I don't even think this is accurate. It's just me. But I feel like the movie had more to say on, the movie had more to say on, like, those... um, original monster characters like the universal and mm-hmm. um i mean eventually kind of like the hammer horror films right and that those people need to give up their stardom and 
Oh, so you think the movie was pointing the finger at like the Conrads of the world? Yes. Like, hey, move on. Yes. Like, there's I, make way for a new generation. See, I don't know if that's necessary. Like I said, it, it was just me. It's just because he remind, and I think we watched something to that effect recently. Yeah, what did we watch that was like that? I was trying to think of it. But I I I uh I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where I and so maybe that was just kind of in my mind. So I was just kind of thinking. You know, it seemed that the director of the commercial that he was shooting in the beginning of the movie didn't seem to have the respect that maybe he still wanted for playing such a Dracula type role in yeah. history. And he w- seemed frustrated by that, but I feel like the movie was like, get over it, move on, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, no, I'm going to be Dracula forever type thing. I could see that. I guess where that falls apart for me, and this <laughs> is similar to where we what we were talking about, is like the whole like kind of middle section where he's killing the ch- the kids. <laughs> Well, I guess that would be the he doesn't want someone to take. He doesn't want someone to take up the mantle. He's so obsessed with like living forever. Yeah. But if the movie was him, like with these elaborate traps. Yeah. And like maybe the kids were getting like, 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 okay, imagine he had built like the massive mausoleum and Mm -hmm. there was more than just like a car exhaust that was killing people. Like, and they kept like stumbling into the traps and stuff. Then like I, okay, I would get that. Like he's like, I'm not I'm you're gonna I'm gonna be remembered forever. Yeah. Like even in death, I'm gonna kill these people with like videotapes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then like the psychic is the one who brings him back from the dead. Right. Because they wanna get his body back from the kids. So then it almost diminishes that idea. Like it's not like he came back from his own accord. Right. But he did try to he did try to continue to be relevant with his videotapes. Right. So. Like I said, it was just kind of no, where no, no. my I th- brain I was think going. You're, I, <laughs> I think you're onto something. I just think that there might be two competing ideas there. Yeah. One, that's the movie's trying to comment on the fanaticism of fans. And two, about stars being unwilling to die. Yeah, I feel like we see that more, especially in like horror films too. Where like the horror films aren't will or the horror stars aren't willing to go down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in uh, I mean, I think the most famous of them, uh, which we mentioned already, is Sunset Boulevard, which I know kind of falls into that like noir category, but it is kind of a horror movie at the same time because, uh, she crazy. Yeah, definitely. But um, Hollywood Horror House is a little bit more of the horror version of that story. Mm-hmm. I really wish I could remember the movie that they were like, I'm going to live forever or whatever. What was that? What was that? I mean, there's a little bit of that in House 2 where the uh, um, what's-his-face is like, I'm old and I'm back from the grave and I've been buried under there forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that was a little different, I feel. Yeah. So, I mean, was this a satire? Because I don't feel like it was directly... And then, like, is satire... Like, it wasn't funny satire. It was just maybe, like, a commentary then. Mm-hmm. Because there was right. nothing funny about it. Right. It's not like they it's, used it was hu- humor sad. to... Dr- yeah. I mean, I guess a little sad. I was actually mad that they were, like, took his body and were like, we're going to go eat spaghetti with it. Yeah. I meant more sad for him. Like, that he didn't even really have peace beyond the grave because he was so obsessed with staying relevant yeah but if he didn't come back from the grave who's to say whether he had peace or not i don't know it didn't seem like it well yeah i mean we find out that he went to hell (laughs) 
But then, like, somehow he knew that he was in hell because of the videotapes. But he was also on Earth, so I don't... Yeah, I... It was not the most clear-cut explanation. We're probably being it was, like, way more complicated, too. It was probably literally about a movie where this guy comes back and kills people. Yeah, (laughs) I think that was, like, kind of bottom line. But also, maybe this movie is a secret masterpiece. Maybe. And it's just too lofty for us to figure it out. I would not be surprised if this movie turned out to be a secret masterpiece. Although, Norman Thaddeus Vane and his, uh, let's just be real, the movies he directed look like they fall more into the erotic thriller category. Mm -hmm. So... I don't really hold those in the highest regard, even if I enjoy them a whole lot. (laughs) So. Well, let's do this. Let's jump into your dating corner. You don't tell me what you liked and disliked. Oh, I thought I had shared enough of that while I was while you were talking, but I'll I'll throw out some more specifics. Um, I like Jeffrey Combs. I'll watch him in anything. I thought he uh, did a good job. I uh, I liked half of the concept of this movie. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> I I mean, it was Spot like it, it it was just incomplete, but it was also kind of muddled. So like, I didn't care for that. Um, some of the kills were interesting. Um, I like the money one. The money one was very, was clever. I liked that. And I, I wish that there was like more of that type of yeah. killing in it. Yeah. Like he just like cuts off Je- Jeffrey Combs' head with a sword. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of comical that the head like rolled down the flight of stairs, turned a corner, rolled down the outside set of stairs and down the driveway a little bit to land in the yard. Yeah. But that, still not exciting death. The head rolled obscenely far. And, uh, I mean, I guess maybe that was an attempt at levity, but I don't, in the moment, it didn't. And the girl that got killed by the coffin, like, just run yeah. down the next two stairs. Right? Like, She kind of, you an idiot. Yeah, you, she, I mean, I don't want to say that she deserved that, no, but, but, I mean, she, she was not smart in handling that situation. No. And um, I didn't love many of the actors apart from Ferdy and... Uh, and Jeffrey. Yes. I thought same. they were all pretty generic. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Luca. I mean, good job with ghoulies, but right. not this. Right. Um, I mean, I guess like his wife and the psychic lady, but they were in it for seconds. If that. Yeah. Um, the, the mansions were cool. Like the sets were cool. Mm-hmm. Didn't Absolutely. like the fog with the, all the murders. No. I feel like the murders could have been like a little bit more clever. Like, what about this? Like, what if he had, uh, uh, what if he had killed them based on like his old movies? Yeah. And they were like, oh snap! Like we're dying based on yeah, you know, uh, Castle of Dracula, Part Five, or right. you know, I don't know something. They're like, remember when? Johnson gets his head chopped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, That'd be a lot of fun. I also kind of thought, like, once they stole the body and were having the spaghetti party, that <laughs> it was... The spaghetti party. I mean, that's what, like... No, it was. It was just a weird, like, way to... Yeah. I w- uh, let me talk about this for a second. I was also really confused because it looked like they were invited to the funeral, but then they didn't go to the after party. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you want to go to that if you were invited because you're right. part of the horror society? Right. I don't know. But you're it so just obsessed. seemed weird that they served spaghetti to him. Yeah, definitely. And, and I definitely thought that when that girl talked about how she wanted to, like, hook up with him, I definitely thought that was going to play into how she died. But it uh, did not. <laughs> disappointing. Little Disappointing. All in all, I think I was I was disappointed by this movie. Yeah. I didn't I didn't not like it. Yeah. I, I think disappointment is the right word. Because I anticipated it going in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. But I think if I rewatch it I would like it a lot better the second time. 
Okay. Yeah, I think changing my... Well, knowing what movie I'm getting into. Not thinking I was watching the 1970s one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have been better if this movie just kept the name The Horror Star. Yeah. Which I feel like is a more fitting title. Yes. For agreed. it. I'm not sure where Frightmare came from. I would from, love though. to know where Frightmare came from. Yeah. And I should have done more research. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Let's jump over to your dating corner. Because I want to end on us discussing what we've learned about our horror comedies. All right. Dating advice. Don't date anyone who tells you, hey, let's dig up a dead body. Get out of that relationship. Yeah. Anyone who's into digging up dead bodies. Run. Run. Has some past trauma that needs to be addressed before they can enter into a healthy relationship. Run away from them. Also, if your boyfriend has a secret room in his house, run. Run. Yeah. So fast. If you, well, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that he died so that she didn't have to break up with right. him because he was starting to get a little abusive there he, at the end. He was. Yes. Yes. I, but to be fair, again, not saying that she deserved it. <laughs> I don't know what she wanted at the end and I don't know what he, no. his plan was. At I the have end. no idea. There was a massive breakdown in communication between the two of them. Yes. And this is why Jeffrey Combs should have stayed around to put together a plan. Right. And then he could die so that they are like, we got to stick to the plan. Right. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not going to tell someone how to make a movie because I've never (laughs) made one. But if I had to speculate on some ways to tweak the plot, start there. I like it. All right. Here's my fun question. If you could dig up anyone from the grave... Who would it be? And what would you do with them? All right. Here I was. Okay. I know you, we brought this question up while we were watching it. Mm-hmm. And I and my immediate thought was, well, I don't want to dig up anyone who has been dead for a long time. Right. That makes sense. In fact, I feel like best case scenario would be like the movie where they were like dead and then they can dig him up like the next day. Right. So that in mind i don't know who i would dig up okay what if you could dig up anyone but they wouldn't look gross they would look like gramps from house two that would be a difficult one so like who would i be comfortable being around that looked like a zombie right do you have an answer well i was thinking about doing somebody like famous i was also thinking about like what famous person would i want to dig up but like i would just want to use them to like somehow use them to get me money <laughs> <laughs> so like i was thinking how can i dig up this famous person so i become famous no i don't want to be famous i just want money so i would like maybe dig up elvis and then like see if he had any money and then take it from him. Now, you've stumbled on <laughs> an interesting quandary. I would want to dig... Okay. I feel like there's two ways to look at this. You could either dig up someone famous that you either want to know... Right. ...who died before your time, which for me, I think it would be like Stanley Kubrick or something. Yeah. Two, you could dig up someone famous and try to get money from them. Yeah. Or dig up somebody and figure out how they died solve like a lifelong mystery <laughs> like like let's take Elvis for that's a second that's true like did he fake his death right we could dig it up and we would know that's true because he would either be like who's Elvis or he'd be like no I'm Elvis let me go back to my coffin and I'd be like great can you just tell the rest of the world this but so we can put this to bed give me money please <laughs> money please <laughs> Or Marilyn Monroe. That would be another good one. I would not want to see her as a zombie, though. Ah, well. I would want her to be... You could solve her murder, though. Normal. That would be... Okay, that valid question. Like, girl, did you did you mess up? Right. Like, is it because Dr. What's-His-Face was out of town? Right. Or, like, is this, like, JFK CIA nonsense? Right. That's what movie we should watch tonight, JFK. Okay. JFK, FDR. 
I don't remember the rest. No, me either. Yeah. True American. Yeah, so uh, when we're not podcasting, our weekends pretty much consist of painting our house and or, well, and watching movies. That's yeah. That's how we live our lives. That's pretty much what we do. Um, we don't just watch bad movies in case. Sometimes uh, we watch good movies. Sometimes. But anyway, so I w- would be curious what other people's ideas were, who w- they would dig up and why. Yeah, I would be curious. So. I'm trying to think of, like, are there any other... Like, JFK, I feel like... I don't know what we could glean from him, though, about his death. Right. Like, did he know about, like, a secret plot against him? Yeah, true, true. Um, That would be interesting. And, um... John Bonet Ramsey? Yeah, you could do, you know, who killed you? Yeah. Be, uh, be kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you uh, don't want to wait for Wednesday's question, go ahead and uh, uh, shoot a comment our way. Yes. On the uh, Instagrams or the uh, Twitters, because we'd be really curious in knowing who would you want to dig up. Yes, I want to know. I feel like this is a super morbid question, but, but uh, kind, of, kind of fun though. Yeah, I mean, kind it's of fun. interesting. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's kind of an alternate way of looking at who would you want to bring back from the dead. Yeah. But like, okay, here we go. Pushing Daisy's rules. Yeah. You touch them once, they come back from the dead. Right. You touch them again, donezo. Like they're gone. They're dead. Yeah. They're to be never very coming careful. back. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be extra careful. I feel like that'd be a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like like you can't keep them around forever. No, they have to go back. They got they got to go back, and you know that somebody's gonna fight you on that, right? So you know, that's gonna. We'll put like a a clause in there so that things don't get out of control. That's that's the key. That's the key. <laughs> well. This was uh, kind of a disappointing movie to end our horror comedy series on. I know. We started so strong. I know. We really did. Um, thankfully, the the next two movies that we're doing are kind of transition movies. But it is part of another miniseries, one that we've already done before. But I found more entries that I feel like deserve. Well, it's not I found them. I found one entry that I feel like is deserving of being part of this series and uh, two that I just really want to talk about that are definitely horror comedies. So maybe they'll make up for it, but this is technically uh, for all intents and purposes, the end of our horror comedy series and it's going out with a fizzle and not the bang that I had anticipated. So with that being said, Caitlin, like what did we, what did we learn? Did we find the line between horror comedy and bad movies, bad horror movies specifically. I mean, there are tons of bad movies out there that are not <laughs> comedies or cannot be mistaken for comedies. I think I'm starting to understand what makes a horror comedy versus a bad movie. I think I'm starting to look at the lines that are being uh, written for the characters to say. I think I'm starting to pick up on some camera work that's done. Uh, so I think I'm starting to kind of identify those things and say, okay, this is where this director wanted the movie to go. I think it's supposed to be funny and not bad. But now that being said, I'm just confusing myself. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about like, like chopping Ma. Yeah. That's supposed to be a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to be a horror movie since it falls in that genre. But it, it, I think it was meant to be mostly serious. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. It's supposed to be serious, but yet the dialogue says, "When she kills the last robot, have a nice day." I don't think. Well, I think that's funny, but maybe it's the lens through which I view the film. Well, I think that with Chopping Mall specifically, like any the uh, 
it's not like all horror movies are devoid of humor. Like, you can have moments of levity. Right. And so, like, I think of in Chopping Mall, like, uh, the guy stealing the records under his shirt. Like, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Like, and you know that whoever shot that was trying to be funny with it. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the patron at the restaurant screaming, waitress, more butter. Yeah. Like, that was gross, but I think it was that specific moment was meant to be funny, along with uh, Mary Warnoff and Paul... Um, what's his face i'm not gonna remember his name mm-hmm. um and i'm just gonna keep going with this it, it you know that there's stuff like that 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 was put in it to be funny mm-hmm. but i would say that like the story overall in the fact that those moments of levity are far and few between point to it not really being a comedy that makes sense yeah i could see that um like the death like the death scenes are very serious yeah. And it's not like they're, uh, it's not like, um, and there, there's a lot of moments in it that are meant to be sort of shocking. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So, um, I think you're, I think you're onto something with like looking at the lines and the way the actors deliver it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I guess like a follow up question that I have for you. There are other podcasts out there that talk about bad movies. Right. And I don't think, and as we have discovered, I don't want to name any specific podcasts. Their whole thing is, LOL, this movie's bad. We're going to make fun of it. Mm -hmm. But we've talked about movies that are like, that are the same on them. Chopping Mall being one of them. Right. And a couple others. Like, do you think that these people are misconstruing these these movies for like these horror comedies as bad movies? I do think so. Yes. I also don't think they're viewing them through the correct lenses. You can find something bad in any movie if you go into it with that expectation. Yeah, I call it cinema sense film criticism. Right. So I think having a different lens in which you view film. I mean, I guess like this is a little off topic, but I guess kind of like what changed my heart about like not wanting to LOL at bad movies anymore was when we watched Spookies, one of our favorite films. And it's not, you know, nowhere near deserving of an Academy Award. It's not Apocalypse Now. <laughs> but the guy who made it was so passionate about it, and they really ruined his movie. They kind of ruined his whole career. Right, and that really broke my heart, and I felt for him, and I think that we should choose to view movies differently. Like, one, understanding, are they a horror film? Are they a horror comedy? Then secondly, when were they made? What was going on in that time in life to kind of shape this movie and start looking at it through that lens? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you entirely. I mean, uh, let's take an example for a second. The movie Troll 2, Mm -hmm. famously bad movie. Mm -hmm. And I am not going to defend that movie in any (laughs) way. But after learning what I've learned about Italian cinema and Italian sequels, like rip off sequels of movies and just kind of how their whole film industry operates. Like everything that is bad about that movie makes sense now. Right. Like it's, it is in reality, it is a clash of cultures combined with honestly a nonsense story. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that is one like Italian (laughs) movie that I cannot defend right in any way shape or form but i mean going into it having that in having that knowledge it changes the way that you view the movie and you kind of understand like okay why does the dialogue sound like that why are they having conversations about this stupid thing um things like that and i think that we can laugh at bad movies and they can be funny. There's nothing like wrong with that. Like, ch- you know, Chopping Mall, 
will forever be one of my favorite films of all time. It's hilarious. And I will watch it again and again and again. And I love it. But I have an appreciation for the genre as well that I think a lot of podcasts are missing. Like they don't have an appreciation from the the genre. They look at it. Is it a Marvel film? (laughs) Is it manufactured by, you know, such and such studio? Or is it a creative piece of art that, yeah, oh, man, might we're be comical? Our soapbox now. But I know, I feel a little on it. But I mean, I just think even too about like Joe Bob's show. Like he, he makes fun of the movies, but he has this like deep appreciation for each film that he watches. Yeah. And like the effort that went into making right. it, despite, you know. And I respect that. And I think that's what I want this podcast to be focusing on respecting the genre as a whole. Despite, you know, some of the laughable moments that are there. And there's nothing wrong with laughing at those. Yeah. I mean, the like you said, like these movies are by no means going to win an Oscar right. any day of the week. Even though the Oscars are stupid. Right. And not and a real matter. test right. of anything. <laughs> no. Um, you know, we're going to ride that bandwagon. <laughs> but it, uh, I think it's stupid when people say that a movie is their guilty pleasure. Right. Like... Just say that you like it. Right. It I mean, there's, there's, you have to like it if you're going to be watching it. Right. Like, and talking about it on a podcast. Even if you're making fun of it, there's something down there inside of you. Now just learn to appreciate that. Yeah. And there are other people out there who appreciate it. Right. And just because half of the internet hates a filmmaker mm-hmm. and hates their version of whatever story, mm-hmm. uh, not to name any names... All I'm trying to say is there are other people who like it out there also. Right. They might like it for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But just because some people are saying it's bad do- shouldn't stop you from enjoying it or appreciating it for what it is. Right. And you know what? If you think that Spookies is God's gift to humanity <laughs> in cinema. You're right. More power to <laughs> you. Like, I'm not going to disagree with you. Right? Because there are some incredible moments in that movie <laughs> that just are a product of how it was made. Yes. I think we spend too much time looking at intent for what something is Mm -hmm. rather than uh, looking at something for like what it is. Yeah. And just accepting it for it. Right. And I think that was kind of like the main point that I was going to make during like our horror comedy special Mm -hmm. um, is that intent is stupid. Like, yes. don't look at intent. Just look at it for what it is. Right. You know, if someone try- set out to make a horror comedy and they failed, <laughs> like, y- you know what? Don't look at it through that lens. Right. Look at it for the finished product. Right. And appreciate the work that went into it. Because right. chances are good. Other people who are making podcasts mm-hmm. are people like you and me sitting around in our couches mm-hmm. saying, I could make a better movie than that. It's like the people who sit there who've never played football a day in their life right. and yell at the ref. And right. it's like, okay, why don't, you know, you you're not out there. there. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like we said a lot of, uh, a lot of things on a soapbox, but that's... Uh, well, I'm proud of my soapbox, so... <laughs> no, I'm not going to shy away from our opinion of anything. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If there are people who disagree with us, like, great. Like, disagree with us. But right. keep listening because we want people who agree with us and we want people who disagree with us. Um, Just as long as there are people out there who love these movies the same way that we do. Yeah. Or if they appreciate what we have to say about these movies, even if they don't like them. Mm-hmm. That's fine, too. This is kind of turning into like a weird manifesto for like what our <laughs> podcast right. is about. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm going to calm down. All right. We'll get off our soapbox now. We will get off our soapbox. Um, all that to say, Frightmare. Frightmare. Not going on my top 10. No. I no. probably, I have so many movies that we need to watch. But I I'm kind excited. of like, I kind of want to like rewatch it soon-ish. Yeah, we should. I don't know. We should. Um, do you have any follow-up thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I think this movie deserves more credit than what it gets. A- absolutely. This is a movie that deserves to be seen by more people. Yes. Um, 
and since we're doing this back to back with House Two recording, uh, definitely deserves to be seen more than House Two. Yeah, absolutely. This is I'm actually starting to really appreciate the trauma movies that Vinegar Syndrome releases because mm-hmm. it is opening my eyes to better trauma movies that I did not realize that they distributed yeah. or produced. I, I don't really under, I haven't figured out all of that relationship mm-hmm. yet um, or the relationship with trauma in a lot of these movies. But like, you know, going from like street trash, which I was like, this is not a pleasant movie to watch and was kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, to seeing stuff like this or like mm-hmm. even sugar cookies. I really liked sugar cookies. Mm-hmm. Troma's War, that was a fun one too, even though it was a lot to take in. Um, you know, it kind of made me excited to watch some more from them. And yeah. uh, go watch Frightmare. Go watch Frightmare. And, um, oh, wait, I'm closing up everything. i got to read my closing closing bits. Do you have anything else that you want to say on top of all of that while I'm opening this up? Um, no, just I think... Frightmare should be the movie you watch this week. Yeah. We uh we had a uh, Blu-ray copy from Vinegar Syndrome. So that might be how you have to watch it. But um you know, or go watch something else. Go watch something trashy. That's fun. I like watching trashy movies. You laugh, but I mean, what are we going to go watch after this? I know. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to our rant in our manifesto and our thoughts on Frightmare. As always, we want you to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen because we don't want anyone to miss an episode. With uh, This is the only thing I'm ever going to say about the pandemic, but since things are still kind of on lockdown, I'm still working from home, I want you to spend your hours listening to our sweet voices. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash a journey into film. There's some money our way so we can get some coffee and be energetic for our podcast recording. You can head over to TeePublic, check out some of the sweet merch that we have available. And those links are available in the show notes. And as always, as we said before, never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. Talk to you real soon.